Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. I am in Bangkok, if you can believe it. Mum dropped me off at the airport and I just didn't believe it was going to happen. I was like, there's no, I just didn't believe it. I just don't believe that we're able to travel. And I've had like, it's been pretty bad. Like I got the flight was 12.30 in the morning. They didn't serve dinner until 1.30 in the morning. Well, lucky I'd already fed you. Well, I ate. <laughs> no, because they keep the lights on for the food service. Oh, and you wanted to sleep. And there was really bad turbulence. So I didn't probably get Ooh. to – I probably had three hours sleep on my flight to Singapore. I got to Singapore and walked to the gate and I lay down on a couch and fell asleep. And then I kind of woke up thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to miss my flight and I have to keep my eyes open. And I just could not keep my eyes open. Anyway, mm. got on the flight to Bangkok and half slept, half didn't sleep. And it was really smooth sailing. I had all my documentation ready. It's like you need, there's a lot of admin, but once you've done the admin, it's fine for anyone that's thinking about traveling to Thailand. And then you get to Thailand, you go through the airport, you get picked up by your hotel, and then you have to do a COVID test. Where? So I did a COVID, I'm at my hotel in Bangkok. What, they do it in the hotel, the test? Yeah, they've got like an outdoor area oh. at the hotel oh, that's, that's set up as like a mobile COVID testing unit. So I have went and did that like a few hours ago and now I have to stay in my hotel room until I get a negative result. Which should be eight hours? Yeah, eight hours. So I've ordered room service, I've had a bath and I'm just in limbo because like what if it comes back positive? It's all going to be good. Oh. Hey, you know, this morning I went up to my oh my and I almost ordered you a long black and then went, shit, Hannah's oh. not here. Do you know how bad the coffee is? I just, I Ooh. had an Americano at Singapore Airport, oh. disgusting, and I had an Americano with my room service. That's one thing I can't get over is is yes. missing Melbourne we, coffee. We always miss the Melbourne coffee, but hey. You got there and yes. you, it was so stressful driving you because you, oh you were on high alert, high anxiety yep. driving because, you yep. know, everyone worries they've forgotten their passport. You check, you know, 10 times, but all your paperwork. This is different. My paperwork. Different. Mm. And also a friend of mine had flown back to Europe and she'd stuffed up, like she'd made a mistake because it's very complicated. Like Singapore Airlines sent me like, Three pages were, and you just, you can't make sense of it. I have to say, Hannah, you have yep. really outdone yourself getting it all in order. I could not have done it I and I couldn't have gone on my own. So all power to mm. you, girl. So tomorrow, hopefully, I tomorrow's even worse. I feel like tomorrow's an even worse day because I have to get up, check out, go to the airport, fly to Koh Samui, and then there's no boats in between, like there's like a five-hour wait for the next boat. So I've booked on this 7 p.m. boat to Copenhagen. <laughs> We're going to record our next intro outro after I get to Copenhagen. Ooh. So I'll let you know how I go. But yes, travel in 2021 is it's not different. the same. But still, oh. you're out, baby. 
what's really exciting is that the final episode of Single Minded for the Year is actually with Bonnie. And Bonnie and I, we met in Thailand exactly two years ago. Like literally I flew to Thailand this time two years ago. And her and I became friends and we did this New Year's ritual and her and I are talking about New Year's rituals and setting intentions for the New Year. So I think it's a really good topic and it's really, it's just really serendipitous because I'm here two years later. It's just a really nice end of the year. So let's get into the interview with Bunny and then mum will be back to talk about your New Year's rituals. Oh. <laughs> I don't know that I have any. Well, you'll have to think of it between now and then. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a very special guest returning for her third time on Single Minded. It's Bonnie. Bonnie Chance, my friend from Thailand, (laughs) and we've been in contact for two years now since we left Thailand. Wow. And it's so good to have you back. I love the topic that we've got planned today. And you're about to return to Thailand. I know, and I wish wish you were coming. I know, I really do too, but I'm so happy for you, and it's the perfect example of what we're going to be talking about today in terms Mm. of, you know, starting the new year and also taking action on those things that matter to us most, those heartfelt intentions. So yeah, today we're going to talk about when we were in Thailand together, we did a like a ritual, New Year's ritual. And so because this episode's coming out around Christmas, just before the new year, I had done that with you and it was like a very transformative experience. I just loved that ritual ceremony that we did. So we're going to talk about that. But to start off with, a lot of people know about New Year's resolutions, but what's the difference between setting New Year's resolutions and then setting an intention for the year as we did in Thailand? Well, it's such a great topic and it's kind of a hot topic in my field of professional life coaching, Mm. you know, because people come to me, they want to make changes in their life and, you know, they want to do it all now, which is beautiful, but it's always so important to first consider the big picture. And that is that, you know, first we have the physical world reality. I think we talked about this a little bit in an earlier podcast. Mm -hmm. And then we have the spiritual context and the physical world reality, you know, is everything that we see with our eyes. It's our jobs, our relationships, you know, the cars that we drive, everything that's in the material world. And it's also the level of reality of our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. Then we go into the spiritual, you know, which is really the aspect of the invisible. And that takes into the idea that we are really fundamentally divine beings having and using a human experience for awakening. And that's a foundational principle of spiritual psychology. And, you know, I give full credit to the University of Santa Monica for really giving that orientation, which is so powerful. So, you know, really the integration of the two, the physical world reality and the spiritual is so, so essential. And doing that really also gives us the traction on the types of changes that we really do want to be making in our lives. So when we get into the realm of New Year's resolutions, you know, that's really coming from mostly the physical world 
reality level. Mm. And they tend to be more mental constructs. They can't be... Like lose five kilos. Yes. Get a new job. Find a boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. Like I resolved to stop spending money, you know, in 2022. Yep. I resolved to stop smoking. I resolved to get out there and find a man. Yeah. I resolved to eat less cream pie and exercise more, mm-hmm. you know, which are, you know, they're, they're beautiful, but they can be vague. They can be overly ambitious. And again, more from the mm. mental level, you know, things that we think we need to do in order to be successful or reach a certain result. And honestly, you know, people can set forth with these with gusto in January and they tend to fall by the wayside in March and April. Mm. And that tends to happen because we're not necessarily setting ourselves up for success within the framework of a New Year's resolution. And I am not a fan of them. I have done plenty of them also. (laughs) And, you know, I appreciate the endeavoring with them because it's also a beautiful time of the year. Like we want to reset. We want to restart. You know, we've all have had a really challenging past couple of years worldwide but I am just such a supporter of the realm of intention. And, you know, I'm just so glad that this is coming up in our podcast today. But just to be really brief about it, intentions are power tools that we can use to really push the needle on those things that we do really want most. And it tends to bring into alignment more of our thoughts, behaviors, and actions And especially when we really do it in a heartfelt way. And a key is really focusing on, you know, the positive, like using positive language in them and focusing on outcomes that we would like to experience instead of the negative of what we don't want, focusing on what we do want. And one of my teachers has said, uh, clear intentions are a way that we can partner with spirit, Mm. which I which I love because it it opens it up to what we were talking about before with the spiritual context. So they can be intentions in the physical world reality, and they can also be intentions related to the spiritual. Like my intention is to experience a heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul relationship leading to marriage. You know, that could be an example of an intention on the physical world reality or something on the spiritual could be, you know, my intention is to fully participate in practices that support my spiritual awakening. And, you know, we set the intention and then we can take actions toward them. But they have a a completely different energy. I really recommend a high engagement, low attachment to the outcome. Yeah. Because our job is being clear and taking action And then turning it over to Mm. a power bigger than ourselves. You know, for anyone listening, it doesn't have to be a specific type of higher power, but turning it over knowing that if it doesn't manifest the way that you necessarily want, then, you know, there's something even better that's for the highest good of all concerned. Mm. You know, there's so much, especially in my industry of coaching, there's so much about manifestation and you know, doing these 10 New Year's resolutions and you're going to experience this and, you know, this kind of recipe, if you will, to manifestation. And I'm much more of a fan of these tools and disciplines within your mind, body, and spirit and the relationship of your spirituality 
because those areas, it's so much more of a nurturing and empowering practice. And it's also more embedded within the realization that, you know, we are these spiritual beings using this earth school for our awakening. So Mm. they're more dimensionalized, I guess you could say, and intention. I really liked what you said when you were explaining the difference between resolutions, because like I've probably done that every year. Like I want to do this, this, and this, and this. And then the experience that I had with you and another girl we were traveling with, Dee, was what you said. It was like heartfelt intention. Mm. And it was like a much more like powerful experience. And I said to you the other day, I was like, I read back over the letter that I wrote that I burned and we'll go through that in a second, what actually happened. But that was two years ago. And I've been slowly chipping away at that intention that I wanted you know, I had a vision for what I wanted in my life at that time, two years ago. And even through COVID, I've been chipping away at that. It it definitely hasn't been overnight. It's been like, okay, this is what I want. And then how am I going to start moving towards it? We did the burning ceremony in Thailand two years ago on New Year's Eve. Can you run everyone through what we actually did? Yes, absolutely. And if I just may speak to that really quickly. Yeah, you know, of course. And I love that you're on the precipice of going on this trip. Yeah. Because <laughs> again, it's just, uh, and for everyone listening, when I met Hannah in Thailand two years ago, you know, we were all sharing with each other this beautiful group of friends that we met about these dreams that we had and mm. these visions for our life and what we most wanted to, to co-create. And I recall so vividly your sharing about your desire, you know, to work for a period of time abroad mm. and that it really spoke to you. It meant a lot to you. It provided value to you for these different reasons. And you are really holding that for yourself. And you really put a stake in the ground. I remember when we were there during our ceremony too, that was, that was part of what you had spoken into. And you know, you consistently took action even during the pandemic towards it. Yeah. And it's just such a powerful example because we can get hung up with the New Year's resolutions things or the n- intentions also because there can tend to be a, a preoccupation of the mind to worry about, well, how is this going to happen? Mm. Like, how am I going to spend six months of the year working abroad? You know, how am I going to meet that man of my dreams that I really want to experience life with? And what I find personally so much solace in and relief, and I've seen this work over and over and over again in my life and clients' lives and my friends' lives, is that when we hold the intention, we don't need to worry how. You know, it's it's actually none of our business. So our job is to speak that into existence to identify it for ourselves with as much clarity as we can of what we do really seek in our heart for ourselves because those dreams are important and the taking action but then releasing the outcome and not worrying about the how yeah so when clients come to me and they say well i want this but i don't know how well first of all that's not true deep down we all really do know how but also it's not really any of our business you know, we can just let that part of the concern go. But going back to your question, the burning ceremony, mm-hmm. what was it again? No, no. Um, <laughs> can you run everyone through like what we did in our burning ceremony on New Year's Eve? 2020 it was. Yeah. Oh, it's such a special time. It's so fun to talk about it with you again. 
you know, I know what we had done is we each had prepared a little bit for the ritual. Yeah. And I'm just a big fan of rituals in general and bringing in that element of sacredness into our life. Mm -hmm. But we had each journaled before about, you know, what we were really ready to release in our lives in terms of any limiting patterns or, or thoughts or things that were just weighing us down, what we were seeking lightness around or healing or transformation. And then we also wrote about what we were really calling in. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's so important to also focus on what do we do want to cultivate for ourselves? Where do we want to place our focus? And we brought our writing to the ceremony, which I believe we had on your front. My balcony. Your yeah. balcony of your bungalow. So yes. it was a very, you know, mystical, magical setting, <laughs> you know, surrounded by. It was like in the jungle, like yeah. a couple of hundred <laughs> meters from the beach. It was very, yeah. very magical. That part of the island, Copenhagen, that island is meant to have healing this whole thing that Copenhagen is on rose quartz, so it's got like a healing energy. And I totally think it does because, yeah, it's magical. Yes. But for anyone listening, you don't need to be in a jungle. No, you uh, don't to need to be in a jungle. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. But, you know, we had lit candles and, uh, you know, we each shared our writing and really held space also for each of our sharers. Yeah. And at the end of it, we then you know, we did a prayer of release yes. of turning it all over to spirit and then burned burned our writing. And I think one of the best things about that was, and I said to you the other day, every New Year's Eve for my whole life, if I haven't had a boyfriend, it's been about like, I want to kiss someone at midnight. I just want to feel alive and have this like moment in time. But what was really interesting about that year was that at midnight, we were all dancing on the beach. It was just a beautiful party at the sanctuary. And I remember it was midnight. The fireworks are about to go off and the three of us scrambled to find each other. And we all hugged and watched the fireworks. No one was trying to find anyone to kiss. It was like we'd had this special ritual. And so we wanted to like celebrate the new year together. It was so nice. Well, if I could speak to that, you know, I do find in general you know, coming into a sacred ritual like that, mm. it can tend to be just wildly energizing, you know, because yeah. it brings in the energy of the sacred. And it is, you know, such a an incredible feeling. It also, you know, when you consciously create space like that and really utilize those kinds of practices, I can't explain it. I don't know mm. why, but it creates a space because it provide some level of detachment. So, you know, there was some space created there where we could just all turn it over, have that moment of celebration, of connection, and just really let ourselves enjoy the the moment. And that's really where I see a lot of suffering happen is, you know, we are constantly in the co-creation of our desires and you know, our, our eyes can be hungry too. There's always things around us that maybe are speaking to us or that we're wanting. And it's really bringing in that voice of, is this the voice of, of my heart, mm. of my spirit? Is this yeah. a higher voice or is this the voice of my ego? So true. Neither is right or wrong. Well, I think that the reason that was so powerful for me and the reason that I've made those changes was because I think I was in Thailand and 
in that moment and being around all these people and the honesty and the vulnerability, something about it made me actually like dig into my soul and go, what do I really want? And it wasn't what I currently had. And I think the ego kind of left. And from that moment onwards, I was like, I don't care about job titles anymore. And I don't want to keep climbing the corporate ladder. Like that was a real moment for me. And I think you're right because I set that intention from what I truly wanted, not from what my ego wants. Yes. Mm. Yes. And there's kind of an energizing quality. You know, dreams tend to pull us forward, whereas the energy of resolutions and that type of thing, there's not quite that energetic pull with it. We Mm. tend to actually feel guilty if we don't feel it or we feel overwhelmed. And when we feel overwhelmed and then we don't take consistent action, then we aren't doing those things. And then we tend to collapse in on ourselves And it's like, well, what's the point? And, you know, entering into that level of despair. So, you know, that's where the art of intention is asking yourself, what really does have heart and meaning for me? Mm. What is most important for me to experience in my life at this point in time? And keep it simple. Yeah. And then identify action steps from there. You know, there's an exercise I recommend that we can talk about a little bit later, but then you start entering into a co-creative dance where you're putting it out into the universe about what you're really seeking. And then you look at the feedback that you're getting and you start taking action and there's this mobilizing energy yeah. that comes in. And just may I say magic too, because- Yeah, it you know, was that, magic that night. It kind of- That trip was magical, wasn't it? It was very magical. And <laughs> honestly, you know, I had hoped to be back by then myself. And the pandemic has happened Mm. and, you know, I really look forward to returning. But honestly, that time has nurtured my spirit, you know, in so many ways. And it continues just to to live in my soul and my heart. And I love that we're still in touch and some of our other friends. uh, But those are soul moments. Mm. And soul moments, you know, are part of who we are. The thing about that trip as well, because you sometimes think that, you know, My bungalow was the simplest of bungalows. I had an outdoor shower with cold water only. I had a bed in the middle of a rickety kind, like it was very, very basic. There's no cars. You don't really get dressed up. The simplicity of it, like because you're so connected and you're connected with nature and with other people, all those like material things that you think that you need to be happy, it it fell away for me while I was there. I sort of Mm -hmm. stopped thinking about what am I buying next or what's the next thing that's going to make me happy. Like I just was like a very beautiful flow the whole time that I was there. Yes. And having those opportunities to really step away from the routine Mm. and to let, you know, the busyness of our lives to step away from that, you know, we really get an opportunity to get to know ourselves on a deeper level. So if people are thinking they want to, you know, for the next year they want to reset or redefine what's important to them and set intentions, can people do their own rituals in the lead up to New Year's or on New Year's Eve? Yes. So I, gosh, there's just so much creativity and options available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is just my own experience and how I relate to ritual. But, you know, ritual has been an art and a practice through ancient times. So, you know, there's just so many different approaches. But for me, in approaching ritual, 
I first like to clear my calendar, you know, even if it's just an hour and to turn off my phone and to give myself that gift of sacredness and really of stillness. And it sounds so simple, but, you know, I struggle with this also, the constant pull of communications and the phone and social media. And, you know, we can tend to kind of lose ourselves in all of that and what's going on for everyone else. And especially as women, we tend to manage a lot, manage our calendars, <laughs> manage other people's perceptions of us. Yeah. You know, it's just like a lot going on. So carving out even just a window for the sacred as time for yeah. you, or if you're doing it with some friends, you know, or your partner, or, you know, just having that time. And there are so many ways to do it, but I think one powerful approach at this time, you know, as we approach 2022 is to, you know, to play some soft music, to light some candles, to kind of, you know, turn on your senses and help get yourself into your body, mm. down and out of your mind and into your body, like some sort of dancing. What's that? Dancing, because that gets dancing, me out of my mind yes, always and into dancing. my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just to, you know, turn on the senses more. Yeah. And to get more into your body wisdom and to ask yourself, you know, what are one or two, three intentions for my life that really, really have heart and meaning for me right now, mm -hmm. whether it's the realm of relationship or spiritual awakening or finance, you know, the, the physical world reality is just as valid as the spiritual reality because we want to enjoy our life, you know, enjoy the finer things of life too, but keeping in mind that there's also the spiritual and it's really what has heart and meaning for us that's so important to, to find within. So journaling a little bit about the intentions and then, you know, asking yourself, well, what choices can I make? that would really support me and aligning with these intentions. So asking yourself what choices you can make for each intention to help you line up with that energy. Mm -hmm. Another question would be asking yourself, you know, if there's a competing intention that's running unconsciously, that's keeping you from experiencing whatever it is that you're seeking, you know, what might that be? And just asking yourself and seeing what comes to you. You know, mm. without any judgment or criticism or questioning, but just trusting whatever wisdom comes in about that to see it with the eyes of neutrality as much as possible. And I think another great question is, you know, well, what do I see as my natural gifts and talents? And to spend some time writing on that also. But I think writing about the intention and really energizing it this time of year yeah. is very empowering. And you can write them, you know, I put mine on beautiful paper and I put them up on the wall and mm. I look at them every day and I say them and, you know, really, really get into it. And it's just incredible how the universe will meet us. You know, it's mm. like we do our part and the universe meets us more than halfway. That's really been my experience. I love that. Yes. But I, I wouldn't recommend if you're like in an apartment, you might not want to burn it. But I actually think keeping it's nice because I've done this a couple of times and like it's nice to read back over it the following, you know, six months to see like what intention that you set. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, you know, there's different types of rituals that are possible. But, you know, another one might be just giving yourself a chance just to 
to let out any emotions that might be coming up about frustration about why things haven't manifested the way they, you know, they, they haven't yet or confusion about what your purpose is or what's going on with your life and just letting yourself write for like 10 minutes straight. Mm. It doesn't even have to make sense, but just getting that energy out of you and then burning that also and not rereading it. It's good to not reread that because you don't want to put that back in. But that can be a really beautiful ritual too. I think what really makes a ritual special is bringing in the heart and keeping it simple Mm. and bringing in the eyes of self-honesty. You know, like what is it for myself that I would really like to release with spirit's help? You know, what is it that I am seeking guidance And what is it that I'm really calling in? Like, is it a quality of joy? Is it a quality of of love or a quality of financial prosperity? Because, you know, there's an expression, when the intention is clear, the methods appear. And Mm, I love that. Yeah, and I do too. And that, again, it kind of takes us out of the business of wondering how and just doing our part in terms of identifying what those things are and then yeah. taking the action towards them, but then also taking action in this way with something like a ritual, which to me really sends a message to the universe that, hey, you know, I'm I'm sincere. I'm showing up and I'm going to make this fun. You know, like a ritual is also just It's just wonderful. You know, like we Mm. created a memory in Thailand that will always be with us. Oh, 100%. It's so interesting as well. Like one of my main intentions was that I wanted more freedom and flexibility in my work and I never thought that would be possible. So weird because then the pandemic happened and I started working remotely and then now there's no other way. Like I'm doing it. I just want freedom and flexibility to be able to like work remotely wherever I am in the world but the interesting thing is I think you said what's the competing there's like competing intentions competing intention because I've also really wanted to like meet that soul connection you and I have spoken about like a soul connection I don't just want to like meet just any guy I really want that soul connection but I've been so resistant towards it the last few months because I know I'm leaving and I don't want anything to get in the way of this life that I've been manifesting for the last two years. So I feel like I'm probably going to set a new intention this year that's not related to the work because I'm already doing that now. Like that's done. You're going. Those two things have been in competition for sure. Wanting to meet someone but not wanting to stay in Melbourne full-time has been definitely competing. Yes. And in my experience, it's, you know, following the breadcrumbs and following where the energy is is really important. And, you know, one intention that you have of partnership doesn't preclude doing your dream work, but you're following the energy right now in my perspective of the calling with your work and experiencing work in this new structure overseas with the flexibility that you're really seeking. And it's like we can only take the next step and then from there the next one's revealed. So you're taking that step and then who knows what will be awaiting you or who will be awaiting you (laughs) in in Thailand. (laughs) So if people listening want to make big changes but they don't know where to start, what do you recommend? Well, it's a great question 
because we want to avoid the realm of overwhelm mm. as much as possible. My first suggestion is absolutely to start small. And mm, the micro Which is what I did. Yes. Yeah. It's like have that big vision, beautiful, you know, mm. have those. But when we get to the actual manifestation, the actualization of these visions, so important to remember the, the microscopic changes really and truly add up. Mm. I know my brain thinks, but really though, you know, and I <laughs> I have specialized, if you will, on overcoming perfectionism <laughs> because we mm -hmm. teach often what we need for ourselves, of course. Yes, and that's so true. <laughs> I don't like the process as a recovering perfectionist, and I hope there's someone out there listening that relates to this. I see it often in my work, and it can keep us from that full expression, from the joy of the process, the joy of becoming. Mm. And that's why I've gotten into the work more lately because I've seen for myself how transformative it's been. So to embrace the process and to really trust that those microscopic changes really do add up. We don't need to have it all figured out, nor should you, <laughs> because yeah. how could you? You know, first of all, we're changing in every moment. And second of all, you know, we just keep taking the next right step. So the transformation happens bit by bit, I think is really important. And also to remove the pressure and to not shit all over yourself about what you should or shouldn't be doing. And to, to really keep in mind that when we set forth on the path of making changes, to keep in mind that context of this or something better for the highest good of all concerned, I think is so helpful because maybe there's something that we really are seeking for ourselves, but it's not coming in at the time that we want or it's not coming in the form. But if we can keep in mind that it's our idea or something better for the highest good, then that can tend to keep us more open to the process. And going back to what we are talking about before with New Year's resolutions, you know, they're, they're not bad. It's just we can tend to really enter into overwhelm with them and collapse on ourselves. And that's, hmm. that's not really bringing out our best from my perspective. Do you think, because this is what I think I've started focusing more on is instead of the like goal oriented list of things that I want to do, it's more like, well, how do I want to feel? As an example, like a big one for me next year is I want to be healthier, but it's not that I want to like lose weight. I actually just want to feel good. I want to feel energized and knowing what that feeling is, that's the goal. And so I guess like I kind of know the things that I need to do to feel that way. Because if I'm just eating shit, never exercising, I don't feel that way. Do you think that there's something in like focusing on the feeling? Absolutely. And that's part of the tools that I work with, with intention is, mm -hmm. you know, a living vision. So a living vision for, for health and well-being you could have. And yep. for that, you, you write out the vision of how you're actually feeling written in the positive and in the present tense. So mm. it would be like, I'm, I'm gratefully feeling so alive and healthy in my body. I am enthusiastically running and sweating and, you know, I'm enjoying my flexibility. I'm enjoying 
eating healthy foods or foods that are are good for my body or you know whatever it is but really seeing yourself in the vision of it and also reading that out loud every day because I think I did that I've got a notebook I think you must have told me to do that in Thailand because I've got a notebook that was setting that vision but it was in the present tense I remember doing yeah yeah how interesting (laughs) as I've learned the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and a well-illusioned fantasy so mm-hmm. it's like well let's let's feed our mind the images of what we're of what we're really seeking and affirming those for ourselves especially when we're making changes you know there's a very fine line between fear and excitement mm. so the fear can come in and we can tend to be really critical of ourselves or judgmental or a lot of self-doubt and that's where these tools of how to work with yourself within, I think, are just so important and bringing an energy of compassion to yourself and just even being aware that, okay, I'm going to feel fear on this and I'm going to feel excitement and I'm going to feed the excitement and the, the positivity as much as possible versus staying in the thoughts of fear for too long. Sure, they're going to come up and we're human, you know? So, mm. oh my gosh, you know, uh, I was just completely freaking out the other day about something, but it's like noticing it and then choosing to go another way inside of yourself. It's a very important navigational tool as we set forth on change in our lives. And the last part of that, Hannah, I'd like to say is because mm. you had asked what I recommend in terms of someone who's making changes. And, and that's, really having the willingness to work with the spiritual curriculum that comes up. And what I mean by spiritual curriculum is just, you know, the the issues that come up. Because when we say we want something, but it's not yet here, it's usually because there's something in the way. And that doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong or that we're bad or any of that. It just means that there's an opportunity and you know, it could be, say you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, and have this business. But when you're doing it, you are way underselling yourself, you know, and you're not earning enough money through whatever you're doing. Or say you're you're an athlete. And whenever you're out competing, you're constantly going into self doubt and comparison of yourself and, and going into that. So it's like, well, what's going on with those behaviors? And that's really where the healing is. It's like, well, why am I underselling? Like what is going on on there? The why behind it. Yeah. And looking Mm. at the spiritual opportunity in terms of your healing and transformation, because when we progress, you know, with our goals in physical world reality, it tends to bring up other issues in terms of our spiritual development, which, you know, from my perspective is why we're really here to awaken more to our essential nature, mm-hmm. which I believe is love, to awaken more to who we truly are. And, mm. you know, when we see it, we become more free of it. So that would be something that I really recommend also. And to get support because, you know, making changes, it is going to bring up these these issues or these other core limiting patterns or beliefs that are running, running us. So, you know, having support, having someone help us see our blind spots, having someone who is a fierce and loyal advocate for your greatness, 
you know, like <laughs> someone who believes in you and sees your vision. You know, I just think that is absolutely invaluable. So setting yourself up in those ways, I think, is tremendous. And in terms of we've been talking a lot about meaning and purpose, do you think post-pandemic people are looking for more meaning and purpose in their lives? Absolutely. <laughs> well, we are. I know I am. <laughs> I love that you chose this as your podcast topic and in physical world reality, our, our egos tend to attach to what we consider to be successful. And often that's, you know, the, the amount of money that we make, it's the house that we live in, it's the relationships, it's who we're hanging out with. And, you know, underneath it all, we're just all trying to prove ourselves as worthy. And mm. as I've learned, that's really one of the fundamental issues that we struggle with as human beings, you know, on this planet is this self-perceived idea of unworthiness that we need to prove our worth or seek love by doing these things on the physical level. And it's been so fascinating with the pandemic because these forms and structures in the physical world, as we've always known, have literally crumbled away. And we've been forced to really, you know, grapple with our identity worldwide, you know, in a, in a, just in such a profound way more than we ever have as, you know, like our structures with jobs have changed and our traditional roles. And, you know, we've had to leave our comfort zones. So we've really been forced by this global pause to reevaluate who we are at the very core. Mm. And I think part of that, you know, people are really asking the questions. I certainly see it more in my world and I see it when I look out and what's happening. But people are really wondering, well, why am I here? You know, how can I make a meaningful contribution? What is my purpose? And, you know, those are just life's essential questions as coined by, again, the University of Santa Monica, where I, where I devoted a lot of my studies. So I think it's a fascinating time to be alive. I thank goodness things have come about the way they are because it has been such an arduous time of so much challenge, hardship for so many people. Uh, so that has been a very challenging part of all this. And if I had to say a hidden blessing, it would be that there is this global awakening, I believe, that is happening where mm. people are becoming alive on a different level and waking up to a slumber that they might have been in, in terms of, you know, time is my precious resource. Yeah, I had the same thing, what you said on the time thing was like, I would wake up, go to my desk, work in front of us, and it became more apparent to me because I was in the one room. So I'd wake up, look at my phone screen, then I'd look at my computer screen all day, then I'd go straight to the couch and I'd watch another screen all night and then to bed with my iPad. So I literally, from the moment I woke up, this was like in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I got back from Thailand and I didn't really use a screen in Thailand. I was very engaged with like nature and connection and chatting and dancing and exercise and 
was such an extreme because I went from that to just screens like 24-7 and I think that was when I was like, this doesn't feel normal. This doesn't feel natural to me to just because you're in the one room going from screen to screen to screen, it just felt like this feels really wrong to Mm -hmm. me. But it hadn't been so in my face because you're in a car on the way to work and so you have that kind of, it's not as pronounced but it really hit me that like I just look at a screen all day and I don't want to do that anymore. Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, it's like being tired of being sick and tired Mm. also and waking up within yourself about what you're willing to tolerate or not anymore. And, you know, it's fascinating to me because there was a recent study that came out that said 20% of our happiness is based on external conditions. So that actually means that, you know, the other 80% is based on our internal perspective, Mm. you know, and how we are looking at ourselves and our life and the world. What messages are we telling ourselves? What story or narrative do we have? And that's where, again, the intention is so valuable, I think, because it's a co-creative tool where what we focus on tends to expand and we can focus on, well, what kind of experience do I want to have as a human being incarnated on this planet at this time? Mm. So there's just tremendous opportunity. And, you know, as things change, that brings forward, you know, there's, there's challenges with that. And then also just tremendous opportunities also Mm. and to really connect with the essence of who you are as a divine being using this planet you know for your spiritual awakening i think it just makes life a lot more exciting and and that certainly gives more purpose also so we're talking about purpose like how would someone define their purpose like is there something like a exercise that they can do or like something that yeah if someone's like oh i don't know what my purpose is Okay, well, I'll keep this quick. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I love it's a this. big question. I love this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you ask a life coach about purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could I know. be on here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this question. And I, I would just say our purpose is not necessarily our vocation. And it's time Mm. to take the pressure off that being so. You know, for me, my purpose is awakening to the divine loving being that I am, you know, to the essence of who I really am. You know, who is Bonnie behind Bonnie? Who am I? So asking yourself, you know, who am I? I think is a a great question. And just Mm. doing some writing about what comes to you. Yeah. I can say, you know, we're not our jobs. And yeah. we're not even people, our, I think people forget that, that yeah. they're not their jobs. We're not even our families. We're, we're so much more. All of that adds so much value and richness and purpose to our lives. But it's, it's, I personally believe it's not who we are at a fundamental level as a, as a soul here. Mm. But there could also be, you know, a journaling exercise around what has heart and purpose for me and seeing what comes to you. How would I like to make a meaningful contribution in my world? Asking mm-hmm. yourself that and, and writing what comes to you. Also, thinking about what you really enjoyed as a kid. Often there's keys in there in terms of 
what might be uh, a natural way for you to share your gifts. You know, given my gifts, education, experience, and abilities, how may I best be of service at this time? And then just saying it every night and seeing what happens in your world. I, I've just seen remarkable, remarkable results from that. Mm. Uh, there's also two books before we go on to the next question, but The the Call by David Spangler is an excellent little book, and it's personally been a, a great tool on my own journey. So I highly recommend that. And then also Loyalty to Your Soul by Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick. That book you know, gives a great description of the physical world reality that we're talking about and the soul, spiritual context. And there's some really beautiful exercises in that. So that could be a, a great resource too. And final question, how do we remove the obstacles in our lives to follow our purpose to create more meaning in our lives? Yes. So I love that question. <laughs> I love that question because it, it's something we often bump up against on our journeys. You know? It's- yeah, no, I know. So when I thought of that question for me, I know like what I want in my life deep down. It's my ego thinking that I need the things that everyone else has the house and the husband and the like that's in the way because I get pulled into this thing of comparing that's been one of my biggest obstacles and it still is the comparison to like what everyone else has and feeling that I'm missing out on something yeah anyway, I'll let you answer the question yes but that's where it, that's where the question came from yes and it doesn't mean that those things aren't for you either Mm-hmm. but you're experiencing a different part of your path right now. Yeah, it's an a- like the age that you're at and that you're not on the exact timeline that everyone else is on. Yes. Well, first of all, I think that's very exciting. And, you know, I think that's part of what's happening right now is shaking up these traditional ideas of what success is. And studies show that definitions of success are changing They aren't the white picket fence and the car and the family necessarily. Not that those aren't beautiful things, but, you know, for me, my definition of success is how am I living my truth day to day? How am I contributing in my world? Is my life a reflection of what I value the most? Yeah, I love that. Does your life reflect your values? That's so, at the moment, mine doesn't at all. Like it does a little bit, but I, that's why I'm like, you know, cause like I've, I know what my values are. If I'm living those values, then yeah, that's, that's what I would define as success for sure. Love that. I challenge you on that though. In my first. Pers- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you not see yourself as living those values when you're about to embark on this trip. Oh, no, no, no. That's why I'm going on this trip because not that I've said to myself, this is the life that I'm living. I actually just want to go and explore all different ways of living and different communities around the world. And like, I I really just want to like see what feels right to me because a lot of the time living in like a concrete box in the city doesn't feel, yeah, it hasn't, hasn't probably ever felt right. You know that it doesn't feel like the truth that you're talking about. Yes. Beautiful. Mm. And it's often the voice of judgment that can, you know, have an opinion that we're Mm -hmm. doing something at the wrong time or, or not in the right way. In my experience, an area where shining the light on, well, is this the voice of truth? 
you know, of my higher self? Or is this the voice of judgment trying to shame me and bring me down on my on my journey that's speaking? Because if that's the case, it's like, okay, I'm going to love that part of myself and learn more about it and what it's here. Like maybe it's here to teach me something, but ultimately mm-hmm. that's not the voice I'm listening to and really making that decision inside of myself. I think that's that's really the work of consciousness, mm-hmm. the work of transformation, and that's where we can really have even more freedom in our relationships with ourselves. But I think obstacles, you know, they don't get in the way, they are the way. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Truly. And even for you with what you're saying about you know, you had this beautiful vision in Thailand two years ago and you were ready to get, you know, get back yeah. home and make it happen. And yeah. then the pandemic happened. And mm. it, you know, if you were to look at that superficially, it'd be like, oh, this totally screwed up my plans, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I reckon that there have been some very important lessons, perhaps, that this time mm. has brought you that maybe even has prepared you more for what you're about to do. Totally. It's actually, it's brought a spotlight. Like there's no doubt in my mind anymore that I want that freedom because no, you know, there was just, just there was no doubt after the pandemic of like what I really wanted for myself. It helps solidify your vision. Totally. It really did. It was like, I mean, look, it, I don't know what the future is for me or like how I'm going to land or like where I'm going to live or anything like that. It's actually the freedom that I want more to be able to go and explore what I want. Because sometimes I feel like when you have a job and you don't have the flexibility in that job or you don't feel that you have, you don't feel that your time is your time. You feel someone else owns your time. I can't live in that construct. Like I hate that. It really, really makes me like depressed feeling that I don't own my own time. So I think ultimately the vision for me is that I, I regain ownership over my time, no matter how that looks in my life. Yes. And I Mm. also hear what you were saying earlier about conviction, like the pandemic in this time has really enforced your conviction and this is your yeah, what you want to be that. doing yeah. and your decision right now. And that sounds very empowering. So it that voice is louder than the voice of yeah. judgment or comparison that can come in about, oh, well, a lot of my peers, though, my age are getting married and having kids. And is this really what I want? And it's like yeah. standing forward inside yourself because you're connected even more inside with that part of you where this is your deepest truth. This Mm. is the truth that lives within your body. So to me, that's a gift that is priceless because you can move forward knowing that other people might be doing different things right now. And for you, this is what you want to be doing. You know, Mm. for me, I think I had shared earlier on one of your podcasts about I had ambitions to be an attorney. I was preparing myself for that. And meanwhile, you know, I share publicly that my alcoholism really started to kick in and Mm. progress very quickly. And it completely turned my life around and changed my direction because I proceeded to go through some very dark years, which ultimately led me to you know, my graduate school in spiritual psychology that I've talked about a couple of times, you know, on here today Mm -hmm. and some of the teachings that I've received from them. And 
And that then directed my focus towards wanting to share what I learned and then starting to work with people as a coach. So, you know, again, if you were to look at that story, it'd be like, oh, well, that the alcoholism derailed your plans of, of that career path. Whereas actually the alcoholism informed, you know, my higher purpose mm. in terms of the work I'm doing now, which is so deeply fulfilling. And I feel much more connected to the essence of who I am. And, you know, if I was meant to have continued the legal path, then I'm sure that's what would have happened. But mm. I mean, let's be clear. It's the eyes of the ego see through the eyes of duality, good and bad, right and wrong. And, you know, the eyes of the soul see with neutrality and that everything is as it, as it is. So it's so easy to go into the line of judgment and seeing through the eyes of ego. But it's like waking up to the fact that that's a choice. Waking up to the choice, I think, is just one of the most powerful gifts that we can give ourselves. And for anyone listening, you know, as as we prepare for this next year to remember that and set aside time to connect with who you are and to not put pressure around it, you know, and to, to really trust our path and to give ourselves permission to be who we are, you know, and I think that's what this time is all about too, Hannah. It's like, let's just, let's let all these expectations and pressures go, you know, and these invisible problems that we can make for ourselves and just give ourselves permission to be. I mean, that's surely what I'm leaning into more and more. And, you know, it's, and it's a very rich and, and sacred dance. Well, on that note, thank you again for joining me on another episode. This is setting me up perfectly for my trip. Like I actually needed this chat. I feel like I've had a therapy session to get me ready for the next year ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. And I will put your website and your Instagram handle in the episode notes so you can go follow Bonnie. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. It's so great to be back. And I can't wait to hear about Thailand. All right, Linda, what did you think? It was a, That was a long episode. It was a very long episode and I didn't even skip through any of it. I listened to the whole thing <laughs> and got a little bit confused with everything because it's very spiritual and I don't probably yes. have a spiritual bone in my body. But <laughs> one thing that resonated was when you said you were so happy in Thailand two years ago when you met, is that yeah. when you met Bonnie or you were with That's Bonnie That's when anyway? I met her. Yeah, yeah. So you had an outdoor shower with cold water, yep. very basic beds. There were no cars, not dressing up, yep. and you were connected to nature and people around you. Well, that actually brought back very happy memories from me because, believe it or not, I went to Kosmu when I was 25 with <laughs> Rob. So we'd been going out for This is a good story. Around, I forgot about this. Yeah. Yeah. We'd been going out for around 10 months and it was our first trip together and it was a Rob trip, definitely not a Linda trip. Rob trips are like Hannah trips. Yes. For context. Yes. Yeah. You inherited that so much from him. So Kosamui yes. back then was just nothing, Dead. just bungalows yeah. and beach, um, what do you call them, beach restaurants, cafes. So we also had a bungalow 
And the shower was the shower was inside, but all it was was a cold shower head, just straight out mm. of the wall into the room. Oh, into the room. Into the room. It was just a square. There must have been a oh. toilet, although I don't remember that. But anyway, yeah, no, you just showered on the concrete. So it was a concrete floor. Yeah. There was a super basic bed, all very clean. We just bummed around in T-shirts and shorts. Very romantic, really, except when I burnt my leg on a scooter. I was on the back mm. of a motor scooter and got a huge blister that then got infected. Oh. But anyway, at the end of our stay, we went to the beach for cocktails one night and the next thing Robert proposed. Yeah. And <laughs> I can't uh, believe, did, were you expecting it? I had been expecting it and I thought it was going to happen. You were, in, but you were, you were 25 <laughs> and you'd only been dating for 10 months. Well, come why on. Why would you expect, why would on. you expect I, that? Well, he'd taken me to Thailand. What else do you, what else was going to happen? But I, I was expecting no, no it. No one in this, no one, no one in this day and age expects. Not now. At, not now. No. You, yeah, I'm surprised that you expected that, but keep going. New Year's Eve was in Penang and I thought for sure the fireworks, he's going to propose nothing. And I thought, oh, my God, I've read this wrong. Anyway, I'm mm. sure it was all planned, but, no, I wasn't expecting it right then and there at that moment. So very happy memories in Thailand mm. a million years ago. <laughs> so you don't have – you haven't got anything that you want to let go in 2021? And- I don't – I don't want to let go of anything. I mean, I liked when Bonnie said right at the vision, for instance, I'm feeling alive, I'm running, I'm sweating, eating healthy yep. foods, all of that. I related to that because at the moment I just feel I'm the it's, same. It's not true, but I actually feel I'm too busy and stressed to even go out for a walk. And I absolutely have to go back to allocating an hour every morning, like even on my own put some AirPods in and I've got to stop saying I'm too busy and stressed because mm. I, I have to get on with it. I've actually written down I'm going to do a ritual, but for me next year I've got a – I want a much bigger focus on health because I I was walking with my luggage from the lobby mm. of the hotel and I took a lift kilos. up – 25 kilos. But I, I was walking maybe 500 metres to my room and I am so unfit and so mm, no yeah. muscle. So I'm actually going to a health retreat tomorrow or the next day. And so that's sort of my reset for 2022 to get back into health and fitness okay. and eating well same. and sleeping better and being less stressed out. We are fully aligned on that. And <laughs> okay, good. Just one other little thing about yep. heading into actually the last phase of life for me, sadly. Oh, and I don't was thinking say that. it is true. It's the <gasps> oh, truth. That's so sad <laughs> that I mean we are more free than we were, and actually a dream would be, as you know, I love Noosa. A dream would be to live in Noosa during the Melbourne winter. Mm. That's a really good idea. But the problem is that I miss you all too much and I couldn't leave and now we have baby Lexi. So I have to I have to put that aside, unfortunately. Or fortunately, fortunately. Why don't you pay for the whole family to go to Noosa for the winter? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> 
I definitely won't be in Melbourne for next winter. So we're also aligned on that. I do not want to be in Melbourne next winter. Well, that is it for this week. We will see you in the new year in two weeks. And in that episode, I'll let you all know what's been happening in Thailand. Oh, I can't wait. Hopefully, I've made it to Copenhagen by then. So I'll see you guys there. See you in the new year. Bye. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 